Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 157, The Millennial Reign of Christ, Priesthood. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. Yeah, so welcome back, everybody. Glad you're tuning in again. We're going to continue our series on the millennial reign of Christ today. John. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Yeah, we're going to pick up on the priesthood in just a moment yet. But, um, you know, I'm starting to see more and more um, evidence that a lot of these things Things that are happening in the world, uh, whether they're fires like Maui and other places, mm-hmm. train derailments, explosions in food factories, you know, chicken plants and this and that. Yeah. That that that's not accidental. That's by design. Yeah. And they're and they seem to be tying into this globalist agenda. Well, if the, if the media covers it, yeah. if the media covers it, it's by design. Mm. If the media doesn't cover it, then it's not by, by design, right? Uh, that's, a good, that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. So whatever they're telling you is what they want you to know, but whatever they don't show you is what they don't want. Hey, look over here. Don't yeah. look at that. Right? <laughs> well, and it's funny to me how when the narrative has been directed by the media to only allow this opinion to form... And then they themselves start to change and line up with the alternatives. For example, the tide is turning about the war in Ukraine. Everybody was on board, and now nations and people are waking up, and they're starting to say, that's not what they're telling us is happening. You mean Ukraine's not winning? They're not Uh, winning the war. I thought they were winning. They were beating the Russians up left and right. I mean, and all of a sudden, they're not winning, right? They're going to lose. So since they know they can't hide that anymore, (laughs) they know it's clear Russia's defeating them, then what they're really hiding, which is probably it's a money laundering scam, for Biden and his cronies. How many, and how many billions now? Yeah, exactly. And now they got to deflect for, to something else. Yeah, they got to change the, the narrative. So they're going to go ahead and attack Zelensky and Ukraine for this or that, but they're still going to guide the thought away from what they're really doing biochemical mm-hmm. warfare or, or the yeah. uh, biochemical labs that Human are there. trafficking. Yeah, exactly. All of that. And then Biden himself, I've been noticing in the news that they're starting to get negative press on him. They used to treat him like Messiah. <laughs> and now it's like maybe he shouldn't run again. Maybe he shouldn't run again. Yeah. Well, for the guy shouldn't run in the first place. Who do you think's going to run after him? Well, there's all kind of rumors, but I think the one they want to swoop in is Michelle Obama. I was going to say Big Mike. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> yeah, I heard rumors about that, I didn't too. mean to say that. Michelle Obama. Sorry. <laughs> I've heard rumors about that, too. So interesting that Michelle is the feminine of Mike, yeah. which is Michael. Which is the archangel? I'm just saying, fallen angels, Nephilim. What about uh, Big Mike? <laughs> big, 
What is, what is the demon that is very prevalent in the United States today that is transgenderism? It's like a demon who is half woman, half man. Uh, Baphomet. Baphomet, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think it's you, a. I mean, no. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent here. As I'm, above, I'm, so below. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's a sign. I, you know, the, the symbolism. Why not have the most powerful nation that we think of mm-hmm. run by a person that's transgender? Am I. Blowing things up here? Am I, I don't think so. It, it would match the agenda. Yeah. Would it not? The spirit of Baphomet is over this country. We've already got transgendered people in positions of power. Isn't there some admiral or something that... Oh, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can't... I don't even want to know these people's names. I don't care. But they're... Rachel... They're mentally Rachel Levine Ill. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. so. They're mentally ill or they're demon-controlled. So well, I, yeah, I think I think it's the demonic oppression over the country, right? Yeah. And, and I think that the 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 spirit of Baphomet is is um, afflicting people in this country, True. especially our youth. And like and tying it back into the young people, um, yeah. that that's why they're pushing the agenda because ult, the ultimate goal is pedophilia. They've yeah. got to normalize that because they can no longer continue to cover up the human child yeah. sex trafficking. That's been going all over the world, but particularly out of Washington. Which we State. talked about in the last last week's episode. What is going on with there's some kind of sexual energy and things yeah. like that going on? I don't know. Well, That's with the worship other. of gods, uh, fallen yeah. angels, yeah, yeah, which Israel participated in. Because hmm. what what could compel a person to burn their child in the fire to a god? Yeah, that that's that is beyond. Uh, I never thought about depraved. that. You, there, there's got to be such control. You're talking about Moloch, right? Yeah. Yeah. What what were they gaining by doing that? Wow. I, I just can't even imagine this. And we think I've that's so barbaric, that. but it's it's happening now through the abortion industry and the har- body part harvesting and all of that stuff. It's happening now. Hmm. So well, it's, I think the, the abortion people just do it now because it's convenient, right? Well, that's what they say. But... Back when it was Moloch, people were going in and actually placing their baby in the Oh, I hand. see. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what were they gaining? What Were they getting some kind of energy? Were they getting prosperity? I but don't through know. mind control, if they get the society back to the point where we can be that barbaric again, that's that's a win for them. Wow. For the Luciferians. So uh, this is why I'm telling you, all of this, I mean, it all goes back to Babylon, but the centers of power are where the headquarters, Babylonian headquarters are in every country. And Washington, D.C. is, you know, a a guy uh, wrote me and they criticized us for saying that there's not a political solution. I'm not going to word, speak their words to it, but we need to vote. We need to do this. To change what? What have you changed? Yeah. In all the years we've been voting, what has happened? You've not stopped the child sex trafficking rings and the pedophilia and the corruption and the satanic control of Washington, D.C. You can rotate all the elected officials you want. You're not moving a single bureaucrat I, I out of its people, office. I think people want to feel like they make a difference. So when you, when you blew them out of the water yeah. by saying, hey, it doesn't matter if you put a Republican in the office. It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat. You know what I think? You know what? God is in control. You know what I think it means? You vote for a representative. You remove yourself from the responsibility of having to serve. And I don't mean in politics. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's my proxy. I'm going to vote for Joe Blow, candidate for Congress. And he's he's going to push the Christian agenda that I want so that I don't have to go out there and suffer and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay. I'm going to say it. 
That calls some people to yeah. the table right there. I'm going to say, because if we were doing what we are called to do, we would be preaching the cross. Instead yeah. of saying, I'm going to let my representative go represent me and try to stop abortion in the Supreme Court. Instead of, I should stand up and be screaming so, from so you're the rooftops. If I, so you're saying, if I don't vote Trump in, right? <laughs> Then I don't get a hall pass for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm afraid yeah. so. I got I got to actually get out there and talk to people. Or... Trump is not coming in on the white horse. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so yeah. Hopefully we'll. Hey get... man, that's, that's we're a... equal opportunity offenders. We want to offend every group, <laughs> left, right. I don't care. Uh, we want to make sure that you all wake up and yeah. smell the bacon because it's. Uh, listen, we don't have time left to yeah. rest on your laurels. Or to be complacent. The Lord is coming back, and he's coming back soon. So that. let's dive in let's now, do it. now that, was, that we've insulted that our audience. <laughs> I just want to say one more thing about big Michael Obama. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, why don't you talk to us I'm about sure, our premium I'm sure I've made some people mad now. Anyway. <laughs> well, we'll just see what happens, right? <laughs> this episode is going to be brought to us by our premium subscribers, or seekers as we like to call them, Oswaldo C., Daniel L., Don R, Vicky J, is that Vicky Joy? Uh, it's another Vicky. Okay, okay. So Vicky J and Erica D, who all came to us in April of this year. We appreciate all of your yeah, support. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of Vicky Joy, Vicky Joy Anderson. Yeah. Uh, that's not the Vicky that subscribed here that we just mentioned, but uh, what a fantastic book and ministry she's got going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they only come out at night. Uh, we've had her on as a guest, and we look forward to having her on again soon. And yeah. if you haven't heard the podcast where she is on, go back and listen to it because it, it's pretty mind-blowing. What she talks about with sleep paralysis yeah. and things like that will blow your mind. Well, I'll tell you, since uh, I read her book and started and, and had her on as a guest, I learned some things that I wasn't aware of. And since that time, not only have I had contact with brothers in Christ and, and sisters in Christ who have been dealing with these kind of things. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known where to turn had I not read Vicky's book. Uh, mm-hmm. But I myself have been having some interesting sleep attacks. You were telling me about that yeah, the other day. Some interesting dreams, yeah. and I, I, it was. I was thankful for the remedies and solutions that she offers when they happen, because I, I relied on those to rebuke those entities mm-hmm. in the name of the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Nobody's immune to those attacks. You know, it was a, the the biggest thing I took away from that interview with her was she said that you. It's like an opportunity, right? When you go to sleep, yeah. it's an opportunity to spend time with God. Yeah. Or you could not. Yeah. And I hope I'm not misspeaking for her, but she was like, you can cleanse your mind before you go to sleep. Right. Through prayer, right? And then you have restful sleep. Or you can sit there and think about things of the world, whatever they may be, right? And then you're going to get attacked while yeah. you're asleep. And it's it's pretty nuts. I mean, what she was talking about is 100% accurate. Well, several podcast episodes back, we did something on visions and dreams. And a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, I did a Sunday morning message on Unlock the Bible Now about visions and dreams. And the point I was making is that the Bible says that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit and your old men are going to dream dreams. And I guess that qualifies me as an old man <laughs> if I'm starting to have dreams. But yeah, uh, yeah. What, what's really interesting is that that there was a recurring dream that a friend was having, a brother that called me about, you know, and uh, he's been going through quite a, a bit. So I think something is going on that we need to be aware of. 
And spiritual warfare. Yeah, the spiritual warfare. Really? Yeah, it, it comes down to it. Like maybe these kind of things are going to increase. If God's going to pour out a spirit and men are going to dream dreams, why wouldn't Satan attack through dreams is my yeah. point. So we're going to dive back in, John, to the millennial reign of Christ, and we're going okay. to talk about the priesthood. Uh, remember that when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, it is the end of the world as we know it, uh, but the beginning of his millennial reign on the earth. And for a thousand years, humanity will witness an age of peace and righteousness only dreamed of, and it will be a foretaste of the new heaven and the new earth. So in this series, we've been exploring what the scriptures say about the kingdom of heaven, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and today we're going to continue even further with the priesthood of Israel. Okay. Because we left off last week in Exodus 19, where we talked about God saying, I'll make a covenant with them, and there'll be a kingdom of priests. Mm -hmm. That was what Jesus was offering when he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we know they rejected that kingdom. And Paul said in Romans 11 that Israel is blinded. That okay. in, in Romans eleven 25, I'll just read it real quick. Okay. Paul wrote, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. So we're going to touch on that for just a moment and, and dive into that. Because if blindness in part has happened to Israel, and he means for a time, yeah. until something happens. So we're still in the period where Israel's blinded, although they may be waking up. But he said that it's going to happen. Uh, then I will... Um, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. So that goes back to what we talked about in Restoration about the new covenant, the applying of the atonement for Israel when they're going to be washed and sprinkled and yeah. blotted out. Yeah. Okay. Now, that is going to happen according to what Paul cited, but he cites Isaiah 59. And when we read that verse in Isaiah 59, we read this, 59 verse 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob. Paul said it, and I shall turn away transgression from Jacob. Okay. But here he's saying, those that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, my words which I put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed nor out of the mouth of thy seeds. And we are being spiritually attacked again. Yeah, we just saw it. <laughs> it's happening. So Scott is doing a podcast here, and the computer has gone haywire. Haywire on us. So I'm going to pick up in Isaiah 59. Okay. So Paul cites from Isaiah 59, verse 20, and John, it says, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Hmm. So the new covenant is a forever eternal covenant with Israel. Okay. And notice that the way Isaiah writes it, he says, The Redeemer, Christ, shall come to Zion, Jerusalem, and to them that turn from transgression, worded differently than the way Paul worded, so it helps us understand what he meant. Okay. As Paul said, uh, a turn away transgression from Jacob. So yeah, it's like yeah. when he comes back, that's when they're going to turn from their transgressions, and they're going to accept him as Christ, as Messiah. So those who turn from transgression are the ones who trusted in Christ and did not take the mark of the beast. 
Hmm. See, this is all going to happen when he returns after the seven years of tribulation. So these individuals are going to comprise the new nation that forms the priesthood. Okay. The priesthood of Israel will be those that believed in the first century, the 12 and all Mm -hmm. the Jewish believers at that time. And then they're going to be joined by the ones that turn from transgression later. Do you think that these will be the rulers, for lack of a better term, of the earth? They're going to be the priests that go out to the nations. Like the governors of all of the the countries? The no, you know them? who the rulers of those are going to be? You the, and me. Okay. When Christ said he gave them talents and, and what did you do when I come back? And yeah. I, I, you gave me one talent, I, I earned 10 or whatever. Yeah. And he says, you were faithful over little. Be thou ruler over 10 cities. Hmm. Those are the Gentiles. The body of Christ are going to come back to reign over the nations. Wow. And make sure that the nations go up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles every year. We're going to talk about that. Okay. And incidentally, the remnant of Israel that does turn back in the in the last time is that one third that goes through the fire that we talked about last week. Okay. When the when they're when Israel's tried in the fire and refined as silver. That one-third, the refined nation. In fact, let's read the verse because we talked about the verse, but we didn't actually read it. Let's go to Zechariah 13. It's probably good that we put it in context here now. So verse 7 says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And by the way, that was a prophecy of what happened when Jesus was crucified. And the twelve denied him and ran. Uh, And I will turn my hand upon the little ones the flock. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people and they shall say, the Lord is my God. Hmm. So the refined nation Israel will reign with Christ over the nations. They go through the fire. If you think about it, the 12, they were persecuted and they were put to death. You know, those early disciples, the early believers, they went through their fire. Yeah. So it's going to be a similar thing. Hmm. Okay. And they're going to, uh, they'll reign over the nations, but they're the top of the hierarchy. Somewhere down below are the governors you were talking about. Okay. And those people that are going to be rulers over the cities, that's going to be the church's job. Hmm. For a thousand years. So this idea that the church goes up to heaven and we never come back, that's that's not true. Yeah, I, I don't think that, that ever that's kind of fascinating because I think that's what the majority of Christians believe, right? That we go to heaven and then we're just in heaven. Right? I, it, it, you know, but they, it's like you're, you're back on earth. Yeah, because right? we're waiting for the new heaven and the new earth, which when you think about it, what is heaven anyway? It is the new earth. They're going to be joined together. There's no more sea. There's no more separation from God. He's with us dwelling in the city in that tabernacle Hmm. he calls. So I think that most Christians, and by the way, I would love to have him on as a guest, but one of the best books I've ever read on this is Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Heaven. Heaven by Randy Randy Alcorn. Alcorn. Okay, Mm -hmm. I haven't read that. I've got his book here, actually. It's it's somewhere, uh, it's not in my stack there, but it's in my office. And he puts together 
the best description. It's kind of like if you were, if I was trying to encourage you to go with me on a trip somewhere, you'd like to see the brochure, right? Where are we staying? Sure. What's a hotel yeah, like? Yeah. I, mean, I, you know, I don't want to just go to some dump, yeah. <laughs> you know, and stay in a roach motel. So, um, <laughs> but here we are telling everybody you need to be saved so you can go to heaven. Well, show me the brochure. I want to see what it's like. Yeah, well, what's heaven all about? And yeah. if we're thinking, oh, we're we're like Sylvester the cat playing a harp on a cloud. How boring is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with yeah. a little halo on his head, which is my cartoon I'm definitely childhood. Not doing that because I, I, I'm too mischievous for that. <laughs> to just sit on a cloud, just sit around, do nothing. Yeah, all day. yeah, yeah. I hear you. Well, that was sort of that weird, and in a way, it's kind of symbolic of Christianity in general. That cartoonish idea of what happens to the cat when he dies, you know, yeah. and he goes to the cloud in heaven. That's sort of what is the stereotype that we're being told about, you know, when heaven is like we're just sitting around pious strumming a harp. Yeah. That's not at all what it's like. But the church doesn't explore that and explain it. Mm-hmm. So we're left for the secular world to paint this picture for us. And it's, it's so wrong. It's such an error. That's so funny that you say that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but so I was raised with a Christian family and I remember my parents made me go to church all the time yeah. Bible study on Wednesdays and if you, you if you can be a kid right you're like oh right. we're gonna go to Bible study and I remember thinking to myself man is this what heaven is I gotta go to church every day is that what heaven is right. if that's the case I don't want to go <laughs> but it's so much more than that right it's like exploring worlds oh, and seeing look at the size of the space. universe yeah. yes and Time, tra- I don't know. It, it, I think it's beyond our comprehension. Well, everything that the book Heaven describes by Randy Alcorn gets into all of that. And all those questions we have, you know, are we going to yeah. eat? Are we going to be married? Are we going to know our spouse? Are we going to, you know, th- yeah, th- yeah. Th- my dog going to be there? You know, all that kind of stuff. He addresses all of that. It's really fascinating. So if we could ever have him on his Do you think guest, you can create? Or is that... Too much. In the same way you create now, like music, you build something, you fashion out of wood. Yeah, yeah. Right. God created us for that with that divine ability in his, in to his image. Yeah. Right. Not, we're not going to create from nothing as he did, as the the creator. Yeah, yeah. But we create music, we create art, we create buildings, we create literature. Yeah. I often wonder if he'll just give you control over a planet and say here, it, it's almost like a blank canvas. Like, let me see what you can do with this. We don't I know. Don't know. We'll you find know, that, out. Yeah. That's kind of mind-bending. Yeah. Anyways. It is mind-bending. So back to the idea of the refined nation Israel reigning with Christ during that time. Okay. It, that's when they receive their blotting out of sins, and he establishes them as a priesthood over the nations, which was originally promised back in Exodus 19. Okay. Right? They'll accept sacrifices during the thousand years. That was one of those uh, 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 curveballs we threw last week. Because mm-hmm. a lot of Christians don't realize, yes, there's sin and death during the thousand years. Yeah. It's not the perfection of what's going to go on in eternity yet. Because we're going to see that not all nations will believe on the Lord during the millennial reign. Hmm. We were talking about, how could Israel turn and worship other gods after all they saw the Lord do? Wait till you see what the nations do when God himself is reigning over them and giving them a perfect paradise on earth. So you're saying during the millennial reign of Christ on earth, he's here, nations are still turning against him? Yep. What? With a perfect, no, come on. after living in a perfect government, there's a final insurrection they're going to stage at the end of the thousand years. 
because they don't mm. want to be reigned by okay, him. Okay, so Rota. that breaks my brain right there. I mean, yep. I always thought, because it says in the Bible that Satan will be loosed for a time. That's it. And I'm going, why, right? Why does he need to be loose again? But, I mean, come on. It's the final separation of the the, men from the boys. The second coming, you have Christ on earth, and people are still going to be dumb enough, and I hope I'm not one of them. Well, you you won't be because you're already saved and delivered and and put in your glorified body. But people are still going to um, rebel? These are the ones that are born during that time. Hmm. And by the way, they live upwards of a thousand years. And they still want to fight against the Lord. So let's get into that. So is that our job as save Christians during that time to make sure that they don't do that? Nope. Really? Our job is to make sure they go keep the Feast of Tabernacles. All right. Well, all we're right. going to get into Lead it. on. Okay. Lead on, Scott. I'm sorry. I'm so derailing your whole podcast again. Go to Second Peter <laughs> chapter 2. And so we're going to see that, as we've already read, Christ's earthly ministry was to offer the kingdom to Israel, and they rejected it. So when he was rejected, the message changed from repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand because it wasn't at hand. It was going to be 2,000 years later okay. that he comes back. So he went to calling out of the unbelieving nation a priesthood of believers who would serve and reign with him during the 1,000 years, beginning with the 12 okay. and all those disciples that followed. Yeah. So in Second Peter chapter 2, he addresses that group. Peter does when he says in verse 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be that you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, meaning he's the stone that they rejected, the nation, but chosen of God and precious, ye also, the people he writes the letter to, as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, once again, replacement theology tries to insert the church here. We're all priests. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. This is Israel. This is yeah. a nation. And he proves that later in verse 9 in the same chapter when he says, But ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Hmm. You can't apply that to all the Gentile nations from which the church, the body of Christ, is formed. A peculiar people matching the language of Exodus 19. There's no getting Hmm. around it. He's citing that from Exodus 19. So we know it's addressed to Israel. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. And he says, you're chosen that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, because Israel became low am I, but are now the people of God, the new nation, which had not obtained mercy, low am I, Hosea 1, but now have obtained mercy. So we should not interpret spiritual sacrifices here to mean they're not real. It's a spiritual priesthood, but they're very much going to be offering sacrifices. 
And there's an actual physical priesthood that's going to be accepting the physical sacrifices in the millennial reign. We'll get to that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But we too often want to spiritualize passages that are physical but have a spiritual truth. Don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. If there's a spiritual truth applied to a physical thing, let it remain. So Peter writes to saints in Israel who will physically serve as priests in the resurrection. Okay. You know? And as proof, we look at the temple that's going to be placed in Jerusalem. Not the heavenly city that comes down, but the one that's going to be built after the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. That's going to be in the land where Jerusalem is right now. Okay. That's so, different from the one that comes down? Yeah. From heaven? Yeah. Really? Okay. Absolutely. And there's going to be two, as far as I can tell, unless the first one is eliminated after the thousand years. Huh. Okay. When I say two, I mean the second one is the temple of God, which is the heavenly city. Yeah. So that one may be gone when the new heaven and the new earth come down. So this temple may only last a thousand years, but it could go on forever because it just depends on how the city comes down. Does it come to the planet or is it suspended above like we talked about? Yeah. I always thought it was the new Jerusalem. That's what it was. Mm. Huh. I never thought of it being two. That well, there could be, but my feeling is that it's going to be replaced. Huh. Okay. My my belief is, from what I can see, there's just so much we can't glean from it. But what we have to look at is in Ezekiel 39, during the Battle of Gog and Magog, which is going to probably happen immediately before the rapture. The Lord delivers Israel from their enemies, and He declares them to be His people again. So that low am I will status will be gone at that point. Okay. He's going to start dealing with them nationally. nationally. So immediately after the children of Israel are gathered back into their land and sprinkled with pure water and restored as a priesthood, we see several chapters in Ezekiel that relate to the temple sacrifices. So first let's read the passage where they're declared to be his people again. Okay. In 39 verse 23, And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them which he's doing now, mm-hmm. and gave them into the hand of their enemies. And so they all fell by the sword. Okay. Now, I think we may be at the end of this period of time. In the last days may be he's about to start recognizing them again. Okay. They're about to make their confession. But before that, he says, According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them, and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob, and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and will be jealous for my holy name. After that they've borne their shame and all their trespasses, whereby they've trespassed against me, when they dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I brought them again from the people, and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen, but I've gathered them under their own land and have left none of them anymore there. Hmm. Neither will I hide my face anymore from them, for I poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. So this answers a lot of questions that we were discussing earlier. Yeah. Are, there going to be, are they only going to live in Israel? Are they going to be in other nations? Nope, they're all going to be in Israel. So it has to be that it's the physical nation Israel, the restored one-third that goes through the fire that's refined. Yeah. They'll be joined from those that come up in resurrection, like the 12 and others, okay. you know, the early saints. Yeah, yeah. And they will all be priests in Israel. They're going to be that priesthood that God has sprinkled with pure water. Well, where are they going to serve as a priesthood? There's got to be a temple if there's a priesthood. Yeah. So a temple is going to be built. And right after this chapter in Ezekiel 39, where we read about Gog and Magog, he goes into the dimensions of it. 
chapters 41 through 40 through 47, all focus on the land, the borders, the temple, a, wa- a river that flows out of the temple. Hmm. And we're going to look wow. at a few things like that. So, yeah, this, get ready Another for a book I got to read and yeah. pay attention when I'm reading it. Yes, Ezekiel <laughs> 41. Uh, yeah, you, you're going to want to read. Uh, well, the whole book is amazing. Yeah. But when you get past Gog and Magog and see what's coming in the millennial reign, it kind of blows your mind. Wow. Okay. So in chapter 41, it, we read in verse 1, Afterward he brought me to the temple and measured the posts, six cubit broad on the one side, six cubit broad on the other side, which were the breadth of the tabernacle. I only want to use that to point out a reference. Okay. The temple is there. Yeah. Now, there's not a temple now. And the temple that's going to be built before the Lord returns is the one the Antichrist defiles with the abomination of desolation. Yeah. God's not going to reign in that temple. Yeah. He's going to destroy it. So chapter 40 records the measurement of a building. It starts those measurements there. Yeah. Chapter 41 tells us it's a newly rebuilt temple. And what we're about to see is it's going to include an altar for sacrifices. Okay. So go back to chapter 40 and look in verse 39. And in the porch of the gate were two tables on their side and two tables on that side to slay thereon the burnt offering and the sin offering and the trespass offering. What does that tell you? Many people are astounded to learn there will be sacrifices in the thousand years. Yeah. So you have to ask why. Doesn't he come and uh, blot out the sins of Israel? Aren't we that are already saved by grace, that are raptured up, we now have glorified bodies? Haven't all of our sins already been blotted out? Yeah, I mean, that's why Christ came, right? That was the ultimate sacrifice, right? So why then would there need to be sacrifices in the thousand-year reign? during this? Why build a temple if it's not going to be for sacrifices? No idea. Well, I propose this is because not all of those that are going to be born in this time, not talking about resurrected saints, Mm -hmm. not talking about Israel that's washed and restored, I'm talking about all those Gentile nations that do get to go in that are going to have kids, and mm-hmm. they're going to be born. And just like the children of Israel rebelled because they were the children of the ones who saw the, the Egypt plagues and, and God's mm-hmm. mighty signs and wonders, and they turned and worshiped other gods, so will men want to do the same. So you're saying there's going to be sacrifices during the millennial reign of Christ on earth because men continue to sin during that absolutely time period absolutely. And because after the rapture um, that's what the the finished work of Christ was about right to save people prior to the rapture but after the rapture you're saying now we have to go back to almost the old laws of Moses we don't we people don't. on earth do people on earth do and it's not the law of Moses it's the new testament it's the new covenant hmm it's this law that is written on the hearts of the Jews. Why? Because they're going to go teach it. Go you therefore teach all nations. Okay. All right? So watch with me. Okay. Not all who are born in the time of the millennial reign of Christ are going to believe on the Lord. As Israel is going out preaching to the nations, repent and believe and be baptized. Yeah. They're not all going to do it. Isn't Christ on earth at this time period, though? Yeah. So how do you not believe? There you go. Look at hmm. 40, verse okay. 6. Uh, 46, rather. Chapter 40, verse 46. And the chamber whose prospect is toward the north is for the priests, the keepers of the charge of the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, a, a person that lived in the past, 
Okay. Among the sons of Levi, so he's Zadok is a descendant of Levi. Okay. Which is one of the twelve tribes. One of the tribes, yeah. Which come near to the Lord to minister unto him. So the sons of Zadok will be the ones administering the sin offerings and sacrifices in his temple. Not all of the uh, the tribes will do this. Okay. All of the tribes are going to be the kingdom of priests that go you therefore and teach all nations. Yeah. So why is one group, the, the sons of Zadok, called to take physical sacrifices? Because the ones who don't believe and are baptized, if they're not going to get baptized, they have to offer up yearly sin offerings. Hmm. So okay. that's, the, that's why I say that the, the law that's going to be taught there is here's forgiveness of sins in Christ. Believe yeah. on him. Trust him, accept him as your savior. And the nation, no, I don't want to do that. He's right there sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. No, I don't want to believe on him. All right, then you have to offer these sacrifices. You have to come up for the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. I don't want to go. That's where you and I come in. Yeah, you better go. Because if you don't, God's going to pour out plagues on your nation. Yeah. So you better, and so they go begrudgingly and they offer their sacrifices, but their heart's not in it. And for a thousand years, this goes on. Man, some hard-headed people, right? Yeah. It just shows you how hard-hearted man is. Yeah. Look at Zechariah 13 hmm. again. 14, verse 9. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord in his name, one, from henceforth and forever. So when Christ is here, he's king of the other. He's a king. He's reigning over these mm -hmm. nations. They don't like it. They Look, men don't like the Lord now. They want to do it their way, the satanic global elites. Yeah. They're trying to live forever without God. AI, genetic manipulation, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right? Look in verse 16, same chapter, Zechariah 14. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So we're going to get into where they came from in a moment. So we're going to get into, again, who these nations are, where they come from. They're the ones on the right hand. After of all the nations that are left after all the tribulation, okay. and they get to go into the kingdom, but they're going to have kids. They're flesh and blood human beings. Okay. They're going to have children. As they grow up, they're going to be required to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And during this time, they're being preached to by the priesthood. And the priesthood is saying, repent and believe. Mm -hmm. uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations. And when they get baptized, they're now officially forgiven sins. They've been accepted Jesus Christ. Uh, and they, they're flesh and blood human beings still. But once they reject that, they have to offer these sacrifices. Okay. Here's how important it is. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. So first God says, okay, you don't want to come up for sacrifices at the tabernacle feast? You get no rain. No rain for you. <laughs> And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Hmm. And what he's saying is, if they aren't convinced with the drought, we give them no rain, they still won't come, then they get to suffer the same plague that God put on the enemies of the, uh, the armies of the Antichrist. Their flesh melts away upon oh, them, but they stand on yeah. their feet. It's severe. Yeah. This is why it is said that Jesus is going to come back to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Hmm. 
This is the rod. The law goes forth out of Zion. They have to keep it. And if they don't, they face the consequences. He goes on. In that day, there shall be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord. And that means there's for all, the, all you horse lovers, you're going to still have horses. Okay. And the posts in the Lord's house that shall be like the bowls before the altars. Yea, and every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts. And all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and seethe therein. And he's talking about, going back to the, the Old Testament times, when you brought your sacrifice to the priest, they burned a portion of it on the altar for the sin offering. Yeah. And the meat, the flesh, was given to the priest. That was their living. Yeah. So they boiled it in a pot and they took with the seething fork. That was their family. That was their meal okay. for the day. So it was the tithe. Yeah. You know? So they're going to be doing that. And he says, in that day... Uh, there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. So there's not going to be no more giants, you know. Yeah, I was like, that's an interesting statement yeah. right there. Yeah, why, why bring up the Canaanite, you know? Yeah. And so it has to do, it's tying us back into Back to fact. genetics. Hmm. Absolutely. There's going to be no more Nephilim, you know. Yeah. That's my opinion about that. But the term there, the they the, all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them. So that means everybody gets a little piece of that. Okay. But the key word there is sacrifice. They're offering sacrifices during the Feast of Tabernacles. Hmm. Okay. So why? They're sin offerings. Why? I thought there was going to be no sin. There will be sin. It goes on to say a child shall die at 100 because there's going to be death. So imagine a child being 100 years old. Evidently, growth yeah. is going to be different. Yeah. So it's almost like going back to the days when you read about in like Methuselah, Absolutely. 900 years old or whatever it was. You know? That's exactly what it is. Hmm. So the priesthood in Israel carries forth the law of God to the nations and tells them, here's the truth. Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe on him. Trust him. Be baptized. And some who don't, they're going to say, all right, then you're going to have to continue to keep the feasts. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to continue to bring sin offerings. And we see that in Isaiah chapter 2. Verse 2, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And I think what he's talking about there is that the geography of Jerusalem is going to change. Hmm. Because when we find out that temple is going to be built, it's much different than the one that they built in the past. Yeah. And Jerusalem is a mountain, but it's just kind of like a typical mountain. But when they, when the Lord comes back and he splits the Mount of Olives in two and whatever, and all that stuff takes place, there's going to be geography changing. And ultimately, Israel is going to rise up, or rather, Jerusalem is going to rise up as a nation uh -huh. and be a big plateau. And that's where the temple is going to sit. That's interesting. Right? And that's the reason for all those earthquakes and things that are going on. It's going to huh. change the geography. So huh. okay. the, and the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and that's going to be the temple there. It shall be exalted above the hills. It's not that tall of a mountain in Jerusalem, but this one will be. Okay. Okay. And many people, after this happens, many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Okay. So this fulfills all that stuff. They shall no more teach every man his brother and his neighbor, because all Israel is going to know the Lord. The law is written in their hearts. Yeah. The priesthood is going to go out and teach the nations. And they're going to say, let's go up and learn from you. The Feast of Tabernacles, we're going to learn the law of God. We're going to see Christ. We're going to see the Lord, and then they'll believe on him. 
but not everybody. And that's Hmm. why I say, and this is what I said last week to kind of put that, you know, teaser alert thing in. Yeah. That the Great Commission, in effect, cannot be carried out until this takes place. So go with me to Matthew 28, and we'll close with this thought. Okay. And most people know the passage, but let's just read it in context. Verse 19, 18. After Christ rose from the dead, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, if we really break this down and dissect it, and this is going to take a couple of minutes, but... Okay. First statement, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Right now, as we speak, is Jesus Christ exercising all power in heaven and in earth? I would say no. And I would agree with you. And why is that? Uh... As, a, as an example... What is one of the names of the devil? He's called the prince of the... Power of the air. There you go. Okay. Does he have power? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, the media. Absolutely. And the governments and the elites yeah. and his entities, his fallen angels, the demons, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. Yeah. All that is power. And Paul says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, yeah. against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. So clearly there's power. Mm -hmm. When Jesus comes back and defeats all of those enemies, what happens to the Antichrist and the false prophet? End of the lake of fire. What happens Mm -hmm. to the dragon himself? Your favorite, right? Thrown in? Chain, wrapped in a chain. Oh, yeah. And the bottomless, bottomless pit. pit, right? Because yeah. you were asking, why, why is he going to be released? Yeah. You know, right? yeah. So yeah. he's gone. I, I believe the demons are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. None of them are around. So no more Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. You know, none of that <laughs> stuff, right? It's all going to be men are accountable for their own actions. No demonic entities influencing them. The Lord hmm. himself ruling as king on the earth. You don't think that anything's going to be tempting men at that time? Nope. Really? Okay. Nope. Uh, And as we get into it in the next episode, when we see what's going on, this almost paradise on the earth, there's no reason anybody would want to rebel from this, except Hmm. for just pure, sinful hatred of the Lord. And this is how that final insurrection is going to take place, uh, that the Lord can see those who are with him and those who are against him. Yeah. So before that, though, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, where since it's not being exercised yet, he has it. He always did. He's the Lord. Mm-hmm. He controls all things. But the statement is, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Well, it's not going to truly be fulfilled until the devil's bound. Yeah. And go ye therefore, when all power has been exercised, and I know the word exercise is not in the passage, yeah. but the fulfillment of it cannot be until Satan is bound. Hmm. Because he's the prince of the power of the air. So go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, yes, spiritually we can say he has all power. Therefore, we can go forth in the power of the Lord, even while the enemy has power and preach the gospel. So I get the spiritual thing, but we're talking about the literal fulfillment of this. Go ye therefore, because I have all power now, and teach all nations. Because Israel will have been given the law written on their hearts, Mm -hmm. the new covenant fulfilled, Their sins are blotted out. They're washed with pure water. Baptizing them, 
the nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is the true baptizing of the nations. Hmm. After Israel is restored and the priesthood is set in place, they're going to be doing the baptizing. The nations. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. What are some of the things Jesus commanded the twelve to teach? He gave the Sermon on the Mount, and he said, Moses wrote an eye for an eye. But I say, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Yeah. Moses said, write a bill of divorcement if you don't yeah. like your wife. I say, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Hmm. You know, Moses said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you so much as look at a woman to lust with your heart, you've committed adultery already. Yeah. What is the difference between the law of Moses and the law that Christ was laying down? His law was the New Testament. Yeah. He's giving you all that truth to say this is going to be. It's harder to keep than the law. The law of Moses, the Pharisees twisted it around and turned it into doctrinal ordinances. But here, there's you're, Christ is here. He's judging. Yeah. You're not going to be able to say, well, he hit me first. <laughs> so I poked his eye out. <laughs> You know, you're standing before the creator of heaven and earth. So mm-hmm. it's going to be far more severe to deal with that. So it's going to be, here's your choice. Pluck your eye out or believe. Wow. Rod of iron. Yeah. So I say that the fulfillment of the Great Commission is going to take place during the millennial reign of Christ. Hmm. Okay. And everything is pointing to the truth of that. The nation is restored. The priesthood is in place. They're washed. They're cleansed. They have the atonement. And the nations don't know. And as we're going to see next time, how the nations got in there is not because they believed on Jesus. They uh-huh. helped out Israel during tribulation. Ah, uh, okay. They get to enter in, and they're going to be preached unto. They're going to need to hear the gospel okay. during the thousand-year reign of Christ. Hence, the fulfillment of the Great Commission will take place then. Now, I'm not telling you we don't have a great commission now. We do. Yeah. We're preaching to the nations right now. Believe yeah. on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But we're not telling people to, to uh, observe all things that Jesus commanded. No. Because that's going to be for the nations at that time. Wow. Yeah. And as we get into that, we're going to see it's to keep that perfect peace. And so men can live a thousand years and there's going to be no famine, no war, no sea, no sickness, no disease. We'll get into that in the final episode called Peace. Lots, lots to learn. Lots. And uh, hopefully this is going to open some eyes. Huh. Okay. John, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Well, always it's a pleasure. <laughs> thank you for tuning in today and listening. Be sure to share and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Rumble channel. I, I want to start to kind of encourage people to be thinking more and more about Rumble because they don't censor. And yeah, they don't yeah. block us and ban us and put us in Google jail. <laughs> well, I'm definitely getting us kicked off of this episode off well, of YouTube. <laughs> oh, believe me, I've already I've already laid that nail in the coffin. <laughs> so I, I just a matter of time, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know? So I fully expect because remember who runs Google? Yeah. You know the same Luciferians that run AI. Google. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Part of it. Anyway, pray for us if you think of us. And uh, I would strongly encourage you to subscribe to be a premium podcast subscriber if you want to gain access to the bonus content. So we appreciate all your support. Till next time, be sure to look up. Our salvation drives the way. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content 
at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.